Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. First try. <laughs> so we're doing our next episode in our Vampires of 1979. And for this episode, we watched Nocturna from 1979, obviously, starring Nai Bonet, who I believe is Vietnamese, whose IMDb description says, Nai Bonet was a stunningly gorgeous and voluptuous brunette actress, singer, and belly dancer who appeared in a handful of pictures and television programs made throughout the 60s and 70s. All right. Um, she Yes, she's Vietnamese, and she plays the granddaughter of Dracula, played by John Carradine, who is... David Carradine's dad. father. Yeah. We don't get a good description of how she's his granddaughter, is she turned by somebody he turned? Can they actually procreate? Oh, he explains that they procreate. Does he? Yeah, he explains that she needs to find a good vampire husband. Oh. Because, like, generations of vampires before her yeah. have all reproduced in the proper way. Which I think he says it's, like, the proper way or the, the right way or whatever. Yeah. Implying that you could turn somebody. Yeah. But no, this it's just not done. It's not that movie. It's not that movie. So in contrast they also to age. the other movies we've watched, yes. we've had two extremely serious Draculas. Yes. High production value, fancy actors, serious writing, serious all the things. Nice plot. Yeah. Yep. And then we had a comedy. 70s comedy, which was kind of a campy 70s comedy, um, but still fairly high production value. Um, I didn't ever get the sense there was just a guy with a camera making the movie. That's, that's how we'll describe that, because I have to say this really felt like somebody found a camera and they were like, shit, let's make a movie. Think we can get some actors to be in it? Hell yeah, let's do that. Because even Yvonne DiCarlo, as in The Munsters is in this. Um, and she is Jagulia Vane, Woo. who I believe is uh, Dracula Nocturna's aunt. She describes her as her family. Um, I really feel like we need the setup for this movie. So Dracula has fallen on hard times. Things are not the way they used to be. He doesn't even have his own real fangs anymore. Yep. And he's had to open his castle as a Hotel Transylvania. Oh, I had not even made that connection. Yep. It says Hotel Transylvania in like a flashing sign on the I wonder front. if that's, that. If, I wonder if that was the inspiration for 
the more recent uh, cartoons, cartoon uh, movies. Mm, I mean, Hotel Transylvania is low-hanging fruit, so I don't sure. think we can really... Sure. But also, I don't know. <laughs> this movie felt very inspiring. <laughs> so, this movie. Um, also in it is Theodore Gottlieb, who plays the voice of the of Gollum from the 70s Hobbit cartoon. And he is the Renfield type character who everybody just calls Theodore. He's credited as Renfield, but, but everybody, everybody, calls yeah, Theodore, everybody just calls him Theodore. And his name is actually, maybe he was like, fuck you, no, you'll call me by my name. <laughs> um, he gets more lines than anybody in this movie, and they are all unhinged and pervy and wild. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't see this until I was an adult because I really love the voice of Gollum in the 70s Hobbit cartoon. And I think if I had heard him spouting the kind of borderline sexual assault type wording that he was spewing through this entire movie, it would have just killed me inside a little bit. Right. And the, the Gollum voice felt very affected. Like someone did that voice. But after watching this, it seems like maybe that's just his natural speaking well, voice. Well, I guess he's like a stand-up artist. I hesitate to call call him a stand-up comedian. Even he did not describe himself as a stand-up comedian. He did what he called stand-up depression, where he just <laughs> <laughs> And that's what it feels like. I don't know if he even had lines or if this is all Was it all improvised? I have no idea, but it really feels like it because okay. Um this movie was far more 70s than some of the ones we've watched before, which means there was a lot of random, awkward, long-form nudity that really felt like if I had seen that in the theater, it would have been really uncomfortable because we get Nocturna at the very beginning, walking for what feels like three to four hours of your life through this castle to disco music. And the only copy we could find had burned in Spanish subtitles. So I'm not going to lie. I had a hard time keeping up with what was going on because my brain was like, read the subtitles. Right. I kept reading the subtitles and then trying to map like those words to yeah. the person's mouth. And it's like, I know it just enough Spanish for like that first reflex of, oh, I'm reading the Spanish subtitle. Yeah. Let let me associate that with the Spanish word that they're saying, and probably half of the dialogue got garbled in my head. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I describe my Spanish skills as enough to get me in trouble, but not enough to get me out of it. And that's exactly how I felt the entire time. There were a couple times where I was trying to listen to the English. I couldn't understand the English, but I knew enough of the Spanish to figure it out. But most the, of it was just like the blah, copy blah, that blah, we blah. watched. Yeah, the audio quality was really bad. Well, I have a feeling that's just... And I, yeah. yeah, I didn't know if it was because this particular copy didn't do a good job mm -mm. with the audio or if the original the original audio was just noisy. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here because there's not really a lot of documentation about this and say there's not a whole bunch of crew here. We probably don't have any kind of boom mics. The actors are not mic'd. There's definitely some scenes where they're filming it and they're only recording the audio with the camera 
And those were the ones where we were like, I don't know what they just said. Because we definitely didn't go back and post and add any dialogue over what people are actually speaking. I feel like there was a couple of orphan lines where we maybe added them in post. There was a couple lines that the audio quality was a lot better and it really felt like a voiceover. Yeah. Like a bad voiceover. Yeah. The the lip syncing didn't match the words. Yeah. There's a couple scenes where she's thinking and they're definitely going for like they put it over what she's doing, but they didn't have a clean audio copy to put. So it actually adds a lot of static to the scene. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it really, like I said, it really felt like somebody had a camera and they were like, fuck it, let's shoot a movie. Let's do this. We can get a castle. It's fine. Yeah. Let's get a couple drapey outfits, some disco. Apparently some of these are new songs for this movie written by people who were famous disco, disco artists. So she's opening walking through this castle to to disco. I wonder if this started out as a music video project. Like It kind of feels like a long-form music video because there's definitely some scenes that are so long and they're not plot. They're just people dancing to disco. Because she walks through the castle, she gets to kind of the reception area of the castle where Theodore, who is actually Renfield, but he's Theodore, is the host He's the maitre d' of the the hotel. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. So she walks up, and he has really hairy hands, and she's like, oh, is it close to the full moon? And he's like, yes. (laughs) She's like, don't forget to go hunting. And he's like, I hate you. It's just so much. I can't even. And then she goes, she's like, have you seen my father? So she goes to see her father, who, of course, is. Oh, sorry, grandfather, who, of course, is John Carradine. And (laughs) this is when I started live uh, messaging on the Discord because I needed an outlet for what was happening in this movie. It was so outrageous. Because it's so outrageous because he has no teeth. So she hands him this goblet that has his fang dentures in it. And so he puts them in and he like clacks his teeth. And then he goes, oh, for the days when I had my own fangs, the ladies used to say I was hung like a walrus. (laughs) And so this guy, you would recognize his voice. He's been, he was a big voice actor. Yeah, John Carradine. Yeah. And so, like, I heard this voice. I was like, oh, I'm, he's the owl in Secret of Nim. Yes. And he's, he voiced oh, a bunch of Oh, you're talking about characters. Theodore. Or are you talking about John? This is John. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff early on in his career and then he settled into the comfortable what did you call it low budget and ultra low budget horror movie actor yes basically if you could pay him he'd come and, and be voice in your acting movie. yeah he did a bunch of voice acting for um i i hesitate to call them yeah children's movies they were marketed <laughs> to children but i I don't think our kids have watched Secret of Nim. Have no, they? but I have the book version. I found the book version. Apparently, oh, cool. it's a book. Um, I was thinking, actually, this leads me to something I was thinking about yesterday because this is a really fun theme, and we're having a lot of fun with this. Should we do monthly themes? Because we could do like the Vampires of 1979, and then I thought we should do a whole series of movies that were meant for children that are not children's movies, like Secret of Nim. And the Black Cauldron. Yeah. And 
I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be fun because there's quite a few that we watched as children that you try to watch it with your kid and you're like, I'm just going to go ahead and turn that off. <laughs> Who let me watch that? Because we had so much fun with um, The Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. Yeah. Because that movie is unhinged and it's apparently a children's movie. And even Disney is like, yeah, we're so sorry. They don't have it on Disney+. Plus. They have the sequels, which are optimistic. They don't have the original one, which is... Um, wow. Wow. So after we get the hung like a walrus scene, we find out that Dracula is... Uh, he just has to drink blood out of a glass now because his fangs don't stay in. Like, he can't bite with them. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's okay. I have a couple months of it stocked up in the fridge for you. I'm going to go check out the tonight's act because they have an act at the hotel. So she goes to watch the act, and it's the most unrealistic band practice I've ever seen in my life. There's four singers, dancers, artists. Singer dancers. Singer dancers who are counting out music, apparently choreographing their dance. And she comes and sits at the tables, which are not set up. And then she is smiling at one of the musicians with the most most creepy smile, the most unhinged smile I have ever seen in my life. And I think it's supposed to be charming, like they're flirting, but it really looks like, oh, I'm going to fucking eat you. Oh, God, I want to eat you so bad, (laughs) which it turns out is exactly kind of what she does, because he comes over and he's like, have you ever danced? Do you want to dance? And she's like, oh, no, I don't dance. And so he starts trying to show her how to dance. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't do a lot of disco. I haven't watched a lot of disco movies before. But is this dancing? Or is he having a seizure? Because it's really hard to tell. This guy's like a ballerina. Like a formally trained. Well, you can tell. uh, I could tell he he was performing dance moves. Whether or not he, as a ballerino, yeah, ba- um, ballet dancer, was like trained in disco, it or if matter. he just said, "I'm gonna wing it,", it, it, um, it yes, it's not <laughs> like I've watched Saturday Night Fever. I've watched some. I've seen disco dancing in movies where it's actually disco dancing yeah and like that's its whole thing this doesn't look like that no no but they end up dancing and she's like oh this is kind of fun yeah we should probably we should keep dancing and he goes i have a tape player in my room well they're dancing <laughs> and then is this where she looks in the mirror and she sees not her reflection quite yet. not quite that's, yet. yeah no uh, this is after scene. she does this dance if you want to call it that, let's just generously call it that. To some more disco, because this is a very disco, it's a disco vampire movie. And he says, I have a tape recorder in my room, which solid pickup line, honestly. I've got I've got a tape recorder in my room. It's not portable. It's not portable. That's what he you says. You can come to my room. Go, but you can come to my room and listen to it. Yeah. He literally says, it's not portable. we got to go to my room. She's like, cool. So then we go to um, his, her, his room. <laughs> I guess it's her room because she owns the castle, but... His room. And this is when we start to get into the, oh, this is a 70s movie. Because then they're weird making out. And then they're weird nude on this bed making out. And then we kind of pan up the wall. Luckily. And then she's like, well, she has a voiceover. She's like, I've never enjoyed sex like that before. And then she 
goes to bathe. And I was like, oh, no. Actually, my text at this point is, oh, no. Oh, no. Here comes the porn. <laughs> <laughs> we, we skipped Ooh. the graphic sex scene. It's not graphic. Well, right. It's just them, like, laying yeah. in bed naked yeah. No, no, together. we don't get, like, that. But we do get a right. lot of nudity. Right. There's just, just a lot of, like... Casual, gratuitous nudity. You really forget how much nudity there was in the 70s until you spend some time really digging around in 70s movies and you're like, oh my God, there was so much. And we have this thing, it's survivorship bias, where we have these movies that were like, oh, all the movies from the 70s were like this. Well, no, those are just the 70s movies that have persisted. That have stayed in the... Yeah. The... The zeitgeist. They they've maintained ownership. They're continuing to make somebody money, so somebody right. is still producing physical copies of them or putting them up on streaming or whatever. Right. But so there's still DVDs floating around. They're still yeah on. They're showing up on streaming services because somebody's like, hey, we should. This would get viewers. Yeah, and they're still palatable. But right. there's lots of movies like this one, and I think a couple of the other ones we're going to watch. But <laughs> the majority of movies from the time period... Disappear. ...have been forgotten. Right. This one is clearly a VCR rip. Somebody recorded it at some point and then took that recording off their VCR rip and put it on YouTube, which is where we watched it. And that's the only reason it survives at all. So... The way to get – we kind of have lost the ability to go to get a good glimpse of what movies were like in the 70s because so many of them have just passed away, right. moved out of what we can access. But when you do dig and you find the – I don't want to call them forgotten, but the kind of forgotten movies, the ones that don't get reproduced, the ones that have not remained palatable, shit, there is so much nudity. Because <laughs> we have – I want to call it maybe 15 to 20 minutes of her bathing – it's not that long. It felt that long. And it's her just graphic, not bathing, like sexually bathing, literally just performatively performatively bathing. She also has a voiceover where we get a synopsis of her weaknesses. She's like, I'm a vampire and I can't go out during the day and I have to drink blood. Because that's what all women think about when they're taking a graphic bath where they're just sloshing water over their boobs over and over again. And she's also thinking about how she's in love with this guy that she just met and that she smiled at in a very unhinged way. And while she's having this private moment with herself, um, Theodore is standing outside the bathing chamber watching her. Yeah, he's peeking through the curtains. In the only part of this dialogue that I want to repeat <laughs> is when he says... I'm so easily aroused. Cows will have to wear brassiers when I go to the country. Dude, calm down. If that doesn't give you a clue as to what the rest of his uh, dialogue sounds like, <laughs> um, it should. It should. So she, after that, she gets out. And then, I mean, what do we all do post-bath? We oil ourselves up with... Like, sexually, performatively... Oil. Just, I just can't. You know what? It's fine. We, I am not making fun of the fact that this woman is nude, and I don't think that nudity or sex don't have a place in entertainment. I'm just saying. It doesn't add to the story. It do, it's not part of the story. It's just performative. It's, hey, 
you, we know what you came for. You came for a vampire movie. Clearly, the other ones weren't giving it to you. So here we go. So a piece of context is this movie was produced by Nye Bonet Film Production Studio yeah. Limited, whatever. So this was like her making this movie. Yeah. And so it's not exploitative. It's not exploitative. Mm-mm. She's producing the movie. Yeah. It kind of feels like she's thinking, man, I'm pretty hot right now. It's like 70s OnlyFans. That's it, what it is. She had a skill set. She And had, she has her own studio. Yeah. And so she was like, here's a way for me to make some money. I'm going to hey. do it. Other people get what they want. I get what I want. Sold and sold. All right. So we move on with our 70s OnlyFans production. Um, Another line I wanted to point out here is Theodore is watching her and he says, I've always liked loose women. There's so much you can do with them. That's why it feels like he just ranted. And then they put whatever chunks made the most sense in there. He's also really hard to understand. So if she is Vietnamese and there's a language barrier, which from her accent, I'm sort of guessing there might be, she may not have realized how wildly unhinged what he was saying was. Plus, we're 2023 watching a 1979 movie. He's supposed to seem attracted to her. Attractive? Attracted. Oh, he's yes. Supposed he's to very seem attracted. attracted. Yes. yes. This is supposed to be like, oh, he thinks she's so hot. It's almost like... Uh, Bridget Jones' Diary, which isn't even that long ago. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Grant is flirting with Bridget Jones. And he's sending her very explicit sexual texts at work. And this is supposed to be flattering. She is flattered. And we were su- are supposed to feel like she's being flattered. Right. And yet when we watch it in 2023, we're like, she should have reported him to HR immediately. He is her boss. Right. Exactly. She may not feel like she can tell him no. That's uh, that's wildly inappropriate, and it should have been reported. But in in when Bridget Jones came out, you're like, oh god, he thinks she's hot. At least when the book was romantic, which (sighs) would have been even earlier. Yeah. Well, I mean, they made the movie. They didn't. uh, They didn't edit that or cut that out. They left that in there. Plus, Mr. Darcy is actually rude to her. He calls her, like, ugly to her face. And then we're supposed to think this woman is morbidly obese and she's beautiful. Anyway, that's a whole other rant. <laughs> <Just have> it. <laughs> um, she goes from this bathing, oiled-up scene to, oh, while the band is now actually performing, I've put back on my flowy dress. I should probably go spin in front of people for 45 minutes. She runs into Theodore on yeah. the way out. She's like, what are you doing here? She goes, I thought you were out hunting. And he goes, I am. <laughs> I am <laughs> weird golem voice. Yeah. And then she goes, she's like, oh, okay, you're really creepy. I'm going to go be with a crowd right now. So she goes and hangs out with the people. Safety and in she, numbers. Safety and numbers. So she goes to dance. And so she's dancing for like, it's not 45 minutes. It feels like 45 minutes. It's really long. That's why it feels like a long form music video because she's dancing to this music. And that's when she goes over and looks in the, in the mirror. And we know from her voice over in the bath that she doesn't have a reflection, except she has a reflection. So disco is curing her vampirism. (laughs) Who knew? Whoa. What 
And the guy that she's in love with is going back to New York. So she goes to talk to her grandfather and she's like, I'm in love and we're engaged to be married and I'm going to New York with him. And he's like, "Uh, no, you're fucking not. He's human. And she's like, "Okay, I'm going anyway. And so then they take a carriage to the airport and uh, suddenly they're in New York. And we don't really discuss like, meh. What happens if it's day when they get to New York? That doesn't matter. That's not. Yeah, that we kind of we matter. don't. It's fine. We don't address those concerns. Right. We just assume they take care of it. Yeah. So they go to where he lives, I guess, and he gets out of the cab and she doesn't. And he's like, "Oh, I thought you were going to stay with me." And she's like, "No, I'm going to go stay with family. Bye." And she just drives off in the cab. And apparently, her aunt, relative of some description, lives. I was assuming family Bridge. friend based on the later dialogue. Let's hope they're not actually from this related. woman. Yeah, because she ends up seducing John Carradine. Um, Julia Vane does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yvonne De Carlo. So she goes to visit her, and this is Yvonne De Carlo, and they're chatting, and she's like, "Oh, you know, there's a huge health epidemic in the United States right now, and it's really affecting the blood quality." But oh, we're so glad you're here. Actually, I was just about to go to my meeting of bloodsuckers of America. Because some group of vampires are considering coming, coming out, of, out of, the of the coffin. coffin. Yeah. So they go to some kind of monument. I'm sure I'm supposed to know what this is in New York, but here I am not knowing what this is. But they're all hanging out and it's quite echoey, which was a really interesting set choice. But it must have been public and available for them to use without having to reserve in advance. Yes. That would be my guess. Like, why are so many indie I, movies filmed in the woods? I wonder if this security guard showing up it's to break creepy. up the party is uh, a dramatization of something that actually happened while they were filming. Uh, who knows? <laughs> like somebody showing up, uh, you're not supposed to be here. But yeah. we're filming a movie. They're trying to come up with a solution to the biting problem because it's a problem, apparently. And they're all sort of suggesting things. And then this African-American fellow dressed like a 70s African-American fellow is whose name is R.H. Factor has taken blood and dried it and made it into a snortable powder and is trying to convince he's, everyone to snort He's it. dressed like a pimp. I was trying to tap toe around, tiptoe around oh, okay. that. But thanks. Uh, you, yeah. I think you overgeneralized. Oh, okay. He's, he's dressed like a pimp. Um, and he's trying to get everybody to snort this powder. And they're all like, no, what does the one lady say? She goes, uh, I, the old ladies I would the best rather, ways, I would rather suck than sniff. Yeah. <laughs> God. And then we go, uh, Jagulia is there and she just looks wildly unemotionally concerned by literally anything that's happening around her. She's just like, I'm so happy to be here. And they're like, oh, we have a celebrity with us tonight. We have Dracula's granddaughter. And she's like, yes, my name is Nocturna and I'm Dracula's granddaughter. And they're all like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And this is when the security guard shows up. So up until now, yeah. this movie has felt like, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Mm. It's it's okay. I guess it's felt extremely low budget. Ah, yes. Like we're not doing any like transitions Effects, between yeah. scenes. We're not doing any kind of effects until until halfway through the movie. Yes, <laughs> the security guard shows up and surprises the the BSA, the uh-huh. Bloodsuckers of America meeting. 
He opens the door. I don't know if he even says anything to them. No, he doesn't. He just opens the door. They all lift their arms and then turn into cartoon bats and fly away. Yes. That was an accurate representation of the sound they all make, too. They fly through the ceiling, and then this guy fast forward runs away. Like, oh, no, that was terrible. And we also get a science fiction sound, like a sound. Yeah, we, we get like a, a teleporter, like <laughs> noise. <laughs> anyway, and then Not for, the, for the second half of the movie, yeah. we get probably four or five more yeah. bat transformations. That's because they found somebody who was like, yeah, I could do like a bat transformation. Yeah, I could do that. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. And he was like, yeah, just give me the film when we're done and I'll add I'll it I'll draw in. it on there. I'll draw it right on there. And they're like, cool, yeah, man, all right. Actually, they probably all got together, smoked some weed, uh, which we do in just a few minutes in the movie. And they were like, do you think we could put like bats in the movie? And they're like, fuck yeah, we could put bats in the movie. Yeah, man, I could figure that out. And then they did. Yeah. While still high. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Because she goes from there to, she's like, I have to go visit my boyfriend. Because she's sitting on the this balcony with Yvonne DiCarlo. And she's like, that was fun. And her, her whatever, relative, Jagulia Vane, is like, okay, well, I'm going to go get a late bite. You want to come with me? And she's like, no. I'm going to go visit my boyfriend. We're going to a disco. We're going to a disco. I'm going to do some dancing. She's like, oh, okay, cool. And then we get the woo, woo, woo. She turns and Julia to, turns, turns into, into a, a bat, bat and, and flies, flies away. And then she She hails sitting, a taxi from on top of the on railing. The she goes, taxi, <laughs> which is really funny, actually. And so then we get the um, Nocturna and a guy with a camera rode around New York for... A really long time. At least 15 minutes. Because she's riding in the taxi, looking out the window. We get another Kentucky Fried Chicken plug. I wonder if Kentucky Fried Chicken was really big at this time. It might have been. And so they're riding along in the taxi. And then eventually she gets out of the taxi. And then apparently the taxi continues to follow her. Or at least the car with the camera. And it does because we just follow her around while she's walking in her long flowing red tulle cape thing that she's wearing. And... I'm convinced these are not extras. These are just, this is people live on the streets of New York. They literally followed her around in a car while she walked around. And then when people interact with her, they kept it in. Because, and she stayed in character. Yeah. She gets blurted with. She walks along with somebody for a while and holds their hand. She has a great time for a really long time. And she ends up coming across a, an establishment. RH factor. An establishment called the Tricky Hickey. <laughs> Where her friend R.H. Factor is standing outside uh, soliciting business. And so he tells her, come on in. I'll show you how I run my place. And so they're standing in an observation room, which is probably an, uh, another revenue well, we stream. Meet, we meet his main vein. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the woman who runs his establishment. Right. And his people that work for him, his African vampire named Mumu, his Asian vampire named Ying Yang, and then another one named like Martha, who's just like a blonde <laughs> white lady. And then he has a receptionist and he's like, okay, come into this room where we can watch what's happening. 
um, which is probably another revenue stream for him because you just rent this room out. Because then a regular guy comes in off the street and he asks for a massage with a happy ending. And they're like, oh, we don't have that here. Wink, wink. But we do have a four for one special. And he apparently takes him up on this offer because that sounds like a good deal. For $40. For $40. So he heads back to this room and wouldn't you know it, we're back in 70s nudity land again because he starts chatting with these women and they're asking him legitimate questions. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an art. Oh, do you make art? No, I'm a distributor. Oh, okay. Um, Tell me about distributing art. What kind of stuff do you do? And it's a really long, really fairly dry discussion about this man's career as and an art distributor. Well, all four women are stripping down yes. to complete nudity. And Nocturna is watching with the same placid, this is a really, I'm having a great time on my vacation expression yeah. that she's had this entire time. And totally normal for her. All the way down to. Wow, humans are odd creatures. <laughs> we get all the way down to um, all four of them are vampires and they're getting ready to suck. Like. <laughs> Well, I don't. No, they are a, they vampire. I don't yeah, know they if they're are. vampires. They are they when are. they okay. uh, when he they tell him to close his eyes after they've all right. gotten nude. Lean back, lean back, and close, close your eyes. eyes. And then when he opens his eyes, all four of them are there, and they all have fangs, and they oh, have okay. a blood bag and like a syringe. Yeah, and so Nocturna and R H Vector are hanging out on this couch, and one of them comes in, still nude, obviously, because yeah. why would you? That's fine. We're all we're all friends here. And she has a glass of blood, and she goes, freshly squeezed. And so he tries to give it to Nocturna, and she's like, no, my needs are changing. And he's she like, says, oh, I just okay, don't cool. have an appetite for it anymore. Right. And RH Factor, to his credit, is very upfront. He's like, I really want to sleep with you tonight. And she's like, thank you. I am so flattered. But I have a boyfriend and a fiancé. Ooh, isn't that new? I don't remember when he proposed, but apparently having sex with her once was... A proposal. Yeah. And I really need to go because he's probably waiting for me, which he is at the Starship, which is the disco where they're going to meet. So she eventually leaves RH Factor, gets to the Starship, and meets him there. They go in the disco and they start dancing together. And then they get interrupted by this woman who apparently really likes him. And I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's... it's one of his friends who's probably like jealous. Yeah. That he came back with a fiance. Mm. <laughs> so they get to dancing and then Nocturna interrupts them. And apparently she interrupts them so hard. A circle forms around them and they get to exhibition dance for they get everybody. To solo dance. In this disco, which she takes full advantage of her tearaway costume. <laughs> and suddenly she's wearing a thong bikini with some kind of skirt tassely skirt thing. Yeah. And then we commence some more just So really... this is where I okay. You said she did belly dancing. Yeah. I could see like belly dancing influence. Yeah, it's definitely very very belly dancer-ish, except she's the only one belly dancing. He is not, but he's reacting to her like they're dancing together. It's a very odd he scene. He was it's doing a really long scene. like kind of disco dancing. Yeah. 
And then she busts out the belly dancing and he seems very confused and he's just kind of bouncing in time to the music. They probably didn't. They were just like, now dance. Right. I mean, at one point he picks her up and spins her around, which is really cool. And then he takes his shirt off because that's the kind of party we're having. And then they have a lot more dancing. And I swear to God, this whole disco scene is probably a third of the movie of people dancing, them dancing, so much dancing. And then finally they finish. They clap. Oh, we're all excited. Isn't that nice? And then they go back to his apartment um, to have a good time because he pulls out some weed. And so they're smoking together. And she has this really, she's trying to smoke. It's really weird. I don't know. And then they're like smoking and we zoom up past them to this picture on his wall, which is a face with two blacked out eyes. And we like zoom in on the blacked out eyes. And then we come back and she's like, I'm going to tell you my secret. I'm a vampire and I have to drink the blood of humans to survive. And he's like, far out, man. And then she she disappears and reappears and disappears and reappears and then whoop, 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 turns into a turns bat. Turns into a bat. And, and then morphs through and like we, six different kinds get, of bats. We get just like straight onto the camera, just yeah. like bat animation flailing. I don't know. And then she turns back into a person. Yeah. And <laughs> what does he say about the, he goes, about the grass? This is some amazing grass, man. <laughs> So he thinks he's just hallucinating this whole thing. <laughs> and in the meantime, Count Dracula and Theodore have arrived in New York to get her back. And so they find Jagulia Vane. Oh, because she wrote a letter to yeah. Dracula to say that she's like in yeah. New York. She's staying there. Yeah, I'm going to New York with my boyfriend and my fiance, and I'm going to stay there forever. Goodbye, And you, you have several months of, of blood. Yeah. 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 Because she just took his, you cannot go, anybody you tried to fall in love with, I will kill, with the same placid demeanor which with she's taken everything in this movie. She's like, oh, grandfather, you're so funny. I'm going to New York. Bye. And then she just left. <laughs> and now she's in New York. They're looking for her. A lot happens. They end up sort of hypnotizing Jagulia Vane into telling them that uh, Nocturna is at her boyfriend's apartment. And so Theodore takes the apartment address and goes to the apartment. And this is the one time we montage literally fucking anything in the entire movie. Because she's leaving. She walks down the stairs. And then we just whoop, transition sideways. And, and we see him hiding behind the railing. Right. We transition and then, sideways. Boom, and then he has her in a her black bag. Up. Yeah. And he knocks on the door. And then whoop. The boyfriend is knocked out on the bed. And Theodore up. is monologuing again about how he's going to kill this guy. And then he's going to have his way with Nocturna. And then he's going to kill Dracula. And the hotel will be his. And he'll be the boss. And then he'll finally be the boss. Or the master. He's uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Is Theodore a vampire? No. He's supposed to be like right. a Renfield. Like, I think it's implied he's maybe werewolfish because he's hairy and it's the full moon <laughs> i don't know but who knows nocturna ends up breaking out of the bag and it startles theodore out of his uh taking the blood of her boyfriend his who he fantasizing says, who he says i'm so glad you fell in love with a large strapping man with lots of blood in his body but this guy is not strapping i mean his top is good but then his, he's definitely oh, he skipped, skipped leg day, day. Yeah. and i mean whatever it's fine 
So that shocks him out of it. And we just see her like, and then Theodore going, ah, and then she goes, and then he goes, ah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we see him run back into the room Dracula's in. Yeah, with and he's his all tor- disheveled. His clothes and Dracula's torn like, and oh, I guess I have to do it myself. And wouldn't you know it, Nocturna was like, oh no, Theodore came for you and she, he almost killed you and he almost killed he me. He knocked out both of us. We should probably go disco about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they go back to the starship, the disco, and they're dancing again because, I mean, that's obviously the only way to cope. She's like, oh no, grandfather's in New York and he's trying to kill me. We should probably go dance. <laughs> and so they go dance. And then this is when Dracula shows up and he like, woo, 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 like <laughs> hypnotizes her boyfriend. And then she gets kidnapped and Jagulia Vane shows up and she's like, you have to save her. And he's like, I will. So he runs out and he rips the T off of the starship <laughs> and he like pew, shoots, shoots Dracula with the disco radiation from this T, which is a cross. Yes. And then gets Nocturna back. And Nocturna's like, oh, grandfather, you're so silly. Please stop trying to kidnap me and kill me. <laughs> Dracula turns into a bat and flies away. And... Nobody's concerned that he's just biding his time. Yeah. He does call the the her boyfriend a vagrant vocalist, which I thought was probably a really funny description. He actually yeah. has a couple of alliterations that he says about him. Yeah. And then we get some more unhinged Theodore ranting because we ought to at this point. And um once he's defeated really, he comes back and tries to take over the whole the whole disco because Nocturna was like, ah, my grandfather's always trying to kill my boyfriends. Let's go dance. So they go back to dancing and then he try- he hypnotizes the whole club. Well, th- this is before. Oh, does he just leave? I think he just leaves. So he hypnotizes. It all got to be a fever dream right he there. He hypnotizes the, the boyfriend. Yeah. And she agrees to go with Dracula. Yeah. Uh, well, then he beats him oh, off no. with the. And the, uh, hold on, then he, he like the freezes everybody. Yeah. And that's when she uh. agrees to, he's like, if you don't come with me, I'll kill whatever. Yeah. And, and so she agrees. So then he unfreezes everybody and they leave. Ultimately, Dracula fails and he's like, oh, well, she's going to live her own life. Ho-hum. I guess I should go back. And then Jagulia Vane. Oh, no, that's what happens. They, like, knock Dracula out. And when he comes back, he's on his way somewhere on the well, plane. Well, he, he flies off God, as a bat yeah. to the plane. And he's, like, I don't, he has a coffin there set up. And, but yeah. Jagulia comes out. And she's, like, well, she mentions before something about them being together, like, 300 years ago. Or yeah. She's known him for 300 years, and they had a really good fling 100 years ago. carnally for 300 years. And he's so, like, I don't know, it's been so long, I might have forgotten how. She right, says, yeah. so like he's, a bicycle. He flies off. <laughs> yeah. She comes out and says, well, I better not let this chance slip away. Right. I need to get him while he's nearby. So she flies off after him. And then we get them... In the like cargo hold of the plane, and yeah. there's like a double sized coffin, and that he's like, I don't know, it's been so long, I don't know if I still know how to. <laughs> She's like, Oh no, it's like riding a bicycle. Yeah. And then they close the lid, and I don't, I think that's it. Yeah. No, no, then we get the, we get Manhattan or we get like a New York skyline at night and then slowly transitioning to day. Oh, that's right. There we see 
Nocturna and I don't even know the guy's name. Um, out on the street, walking around, yeah, her and then we get <laughs> we get transitioned to sunrise. Yeah, and then and then the sun is up in the sky, and then we look over, and they're still walking around. Yeah, and the sun is shining on her, and she's human because now because she became human through the power of disco. Woo! Somebody phoned Natalie from Forever Night. The shakes were a huge mistake. Clearly, she just needs to sit Nick down, put headphones on, and play ABBA for 48 hours, and he'll be good to go. <laughs> Does So my my headcanon. Yeah. For, for I love your headcanon. Yes. <laughs> dancing uh-huh. makes her human. Right. At first, she has to physically dance. By the end of it, she's dancing in her heart. It's the power of dancing. And it maintains her humanity. Yeah. So if she ever stops dancing, will she turn back into a vampire? If she stops dancing in her heart. In her heart. So if he breaks up with her, he fucked. Because she's going to be like, you turned me back into a vampire. Now it's all on. No mercy. What did we just watch? And why do I feel like this isn't going to be the most ridiculous one that we come across? Because we still have not watched Dracula Blows is Cool, which is, and I quote, described as a German sex comedy. <laughs> so it's not as bad as it's gonna be this was not a bad movie it was a bad movie that's bad it was a bad yeah. movie but it wasn't a bad movie like a okay so in my mind there's bad movies that are funny and then there's sort of a nadir of horribleness and if you drop below that then it's just bad it's unwatchable it's boring it's short it's you know the pacing's bad the, it's just bad you know there's a certain unwatchable quality that you can eventually reach. But as long as you hover at or near this nadir of horribleness, then the unintentional comedy of how bad it is makes it worth watching. Yeah. I would hazard to say that this movie is worth watching once with a friend who you enjoy making fun of movies with. And just be aware there will be nudity. And... Just don't pay attention to anything Gollum says at all, which luckily for you, he's hard to understand anyway. So you're not going to know. At one point, he tells Dracula, I don't like you. I like Adolf Hitler. Yes. Except he says Adolf Hitler in German. And the only reason I know it's Adolf Hitler is because the Spanish subtitles translated the German into English as Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't think it fell below the the horrible line, the line of I'm funny unintentionally to it's just bad and it's not watchable. There's definitely those movies. We have come, ac- come across a couple where we're like, I can't. We just got to turn it off. This wasn't it. We turned it off because it got late and we had to watch it in two stints. But I think we could have made it all the way through this in one go. Yeah, it's an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's an hour and yeah. a half long. Which is really the sweet spot for movies. I can tolerate a lot for an hour and a half. Once we hit like an hour and 45 minutes, I don't know. That last 15 minutes might be a deal breaker. (laughs) But it's good. I mean, it was good in a... What the hell just happened? Yeah, it was kind of amusing and just being outraged at like what is even happening here. It was like a time capsule of 70s morality. So when, when the critics of... Dracula 1979 with Frank Langella yeah. said 
the pacing is too fast. Like it, this movie is a whatever. Yeah. It moves too fast. I feel like movies like Nocturna. Yeah. Are more representative of the, the taste or the pacing, the preferred pacing or the, yeah. The pacing that people were used to from movies in the seventies. Yeah. Which I like scenes with long pacing. You like it when but, there's a setup for thoughtfulness and then yes. you're allowed to think. Or there's a setup yeah. for an emotional moment and you're allowed to live in that emotionality, which is a word. Um, it's not, I'm trying to fluff this up to an hour and a half, so I'm going to spend time filming people dancing at a club because it's free. Or I'm going to spend time, like this woman is walking through the city for literally no reason. We we know she's going somewhere, but why did she get out of the cab to walk again? We don't we don't know. Just to enjoy the experience. Yeah. I think this was an, a good way. We have watched 1979 Frank Langella, Dracula. And we watched Nosferatu 1979, both of which were easy to find and easy to stream. And then we watched... Um, Love at First Bite, which was really on the cusp of findability. It's possible to buy it on DVD. It's possible to find it on Blu-ray, but it's not streaming anywhere to rent or buy or just to stream for free. So it's really on that line of you can find physical copies of it, but it's not super available. And then we watch Nocturna, which is definitely sliding off the bitter end of um, findability. Yeah. Where it's not streaming. It's not available for purchase, although Meg was able to find it on the Apple Plus, on Apple Plus. Okay. So it is possible to find it, but it's, there's not, like, you can't buy a DVD of it that I could find. So it's really falling. Once it stops being available to stream, it will really disappear. Yeah. So I think this is an interesting, what movies survive? What movies stick around? And it's the ones that remain timeless. That people are still interested yeah, in. Yeah, that, that are still translatable. You don't have to put in context lenses. You can just watch them and enjoy them. Yeah. I think Love at First Bite was funny because of who we are. I'm not sure that Love at First Bite would be funny to everybody. Um, 1979 Dracula was still watchable because of the pacing, because it was considered fast at the time, and now it's considered normal. And then the Nosferatu one by Werner Herzog is definitely the nostalgia quality of Nosferatu being such a beloved silent movie and then this being the almost shot-for-shot shot remake of it. Right. It's a like high production value shot-for-shot shot remake or I guess maybe plot beat for plot beat remake yeah. of the original vampire movie. Yeah. The one that sticks around because it did it first. Right. The, the, the zeitgeist Dracula movie, the the classic Nosferatu, which we're going to see the same Nosferatu makeup again when we watch the Salem's Lot from the 70s. So it's definitely because it's in the zeitgeist, it sticks around and it stays, it maintains um, mo modernity because we've seen it because it's not something that's completely disappeared. It's become ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. And the 1979 Dracula, because it's the Dracula myth, it's almost an exact retelling of the Dracula myth. It it maintains a sense of being modern simply because we recognize the story right and we recognize the pacing but nothing in nocturna feels modern nothing about it feels like oh this could be made today 
a couple of the movies we watched, I'm like, this if with the exception of a couple choices, this could be a movie that was made today. Yeah. Except Nocturna. This doesn't feel like um it does it just doesn't feel modern at all. It feels very seventies. Every part of it you're like, ooh, seventies, ooh, seventies. And we don't have the nostalgia for the seventies that we have for the more achieve well. I say that as a millennial, an elder millennial, where the 80s feel, uh, I feel nostalgia for 80s fashion, Uh, you know, vintage fashion, not vintage values. So I feel nostalgia for the vintage aesthetic of the 80s and the 90s. I don't feel anything for the 70s. Yeah. So we don't even have that thread of connection to these types of movies, which I think is why they inevitably just get forgotten. Yeah. Because we're not like, oh, you remember that one with the lady where she walks around in the red dress for 45 minutes? Oh, it's the best movie. The cover is banging. I'm going to use the cover when I put up the Instagram post because the cover is, can I can I just say we have lost the dramatic film trailer, like the film poster mm-hmm. that you were oh, like, definitely. God damn, I want that poster to hang up in my room. You're like, oh, okay, it's like a picture of a thing that happens in the movie, okay. Uh, right. Or it's the faces of all the main characters in the yeah, movie. Yeah, okay, but this one is, it looks like heavy metal. It's so, it's she's like throwing her cape up and it's an animated version of her and it just says like Nocturna in this really cool font. I'd put this poster up. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my rant about you know, we're kind of comparing and contrasting these movies because they're all released in the same year, and yet they all feel extremely different. And we've gone from gothic horror to German gothic horror, which is like gothic horror on steroids, to a fluffy 70s comedy, to a 1970s only fan production by this woman who really had a niche and exploited it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good way of looking at all four of these movies. And I think we are now in the territory of these are all going to feel like a time capsule. With the possible exception of Salem's Lot, which is still fairly beloved. Yes. So I'm excited. I'm excited about what comes next. Am I excited about Dracula Loses is cool? Tentatively. Am I excited it's on DVD and we can fast forward far easier than we can on YouTube? Yes. Well- <laughs> yeah yeah on youtube you can play play it back faster yeah but i was afraid we wouldn't understand what they were saying Fair. because we did not have subtitles Fair. that were in english right yeah and i was already having a hard time ignoring the subtitles because we watch a lot of subtitled stuff where i'm used to ignoring the dialogue like ignoring the individual words in the dialogue and just reading the subtitles yeah and so that's what my brain kept trying to do but i was like no 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 we're reversed the subtitles are the ones you have to ignore Stop it, brain. Quit reading it. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I actually, my sister is deaf. And so we have had subtitles my entire life. Even before subtitles were built into TVs, we had a caption generator. So never in my life have I watched a television without subtitles on. So ignoring subtitles is not something I'm capable of doing. It feels empty to me when there are not subtitles. And I like to play a game when we watch movies in theater called, did I hate that movie or did I not understand what was going on? Because there were no subtitles. (laughs) In fact, when we went to see Barbie, we found a subtitled version for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think we'll just leave it at that. Um, I would highly recommend getting a bunch of friends together, watching this movie. Maybe a good drinking game would be every time she doesn't react to things the way you would expect her to react to a shot, but then you might die. So maybe every time she talks about her boyfriend or every time she dances really weird. I don't know. Come up with your own drinking game and have a really good time. Watch this movie. It was absolutely wild. But just make sure you're watching it with friends you're comfortable seeing nude people with. Yeah. And remember, sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too. I feel like we're really learning this lesson through this. This is a journey of growth about um, just how strange movies can get and do we still love them? And for the most part, I think yes. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.